start this show off a little bit differently i have okay. some hip-hop trivia for you since this is the 50th anniversary okay and we just discussed diddy's album last episode are you ready okay i'm ready what was his very disgusting yet infamous three-course meal in all about the benjamins fettuccine veal you're missing one <laughs> It's a three-course meal. It doesn't even make sense. Was it lobster, fettuccine, and veal? No. Mm-mm. It's black. Give me one more chance. I don't What is it? Three-course meal, spaghetti, fettuccine, and veal. Okay, so why'd you, why'd you have spaghetti, <laughs> fettuccine, all and that veal? Pasta. Like, all that pasta. Like... <laughs> you can tell he had just got some money. And with that being said, welcome to another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. I am... Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. And we are back after mm-hmm. a one-week break because Brian was gallivanting all over Europe. Uh, but, but nevertheless, we are your podcast where we talk about how you figure out all the things, particularly we're figuring out and talking about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pump of circumstance of being black millennials living as adults. Brian. Mm-hmm. Yes. How are you, brother? It's always a great day to be black. And I'm yeah. looking down because I'm trying to cue something up here. For okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's always a great day to be black. I'm glad to be back yes, in the land is. of the living. I'm always okay. glad to be in the land of the living. Um, are you glad to be back in the states, or are you indifferent about that? I'm indifferent about that, but um, okay. <laughs> what I am not indifferent about is this okay. Sort of, okay. Is this the right song? Oh. Not a chick, but. <laughs> It was Joshua Jamal Jamal Rogers the first birthday. It was, um, and we didn't we haven't recorded since your birthday. So I wanted to give yeah. a, a happy birthday Thank you. to you on the podcast for the fans, so and the listeners, and the friends. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was um. Yeah. 34 was good. I went and mm-hmm. saw one of my favorite artists. I think mm-hmm. I told y'all Chancellor Bennett, a.k.a. Chancellor mm-hmm. the Rapper. Um, mm-hmm. And man, what a show. What, yeah. a sh- what a show. And shout out to Los Angeles. Matter of fact, shout out to Inglewood, because that's where it is. The way they have preserved the forum. Mm. I, I've never been inside the forum, but I remember seeing it on the Space Jam. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and But no, they have done a really good job preserving that space um it is mm-hmm. i mean it's kia everywhere <laughs> I mean, yeah. kia's, kia's name is literally everywhere <laughs> but <Right. laughs> um no he brought oh he brought up bj to chicago kid brian oh my gosh how was that yes so good and that man sings what he what you hear on that album i think it's what you get he, i think it sings he sang down he sang down he brought out he brought out all of his chicago people saba mm-hmm. i wish you'd mm-hmm. brought out no name um but she wasn't there. And then he dimmed the lights real dark and started mm-hmm. doing um, Ultralight Bing. Started mm-hmm. with his verse. We all thought Kanye was about to come out now. I ain't the biggest Kanye fan these days. However, right. I enjoy the Ultralight Bing. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> and when it got so dark, we was like, 
is this little weird, you know, anti-black black mm-hmm. man coming out? Oh. And he didn't. Because uh, I was going, mm-hmm. I ain't going to hold you. I was going to go up and he came out. Uh, but he didn't. He performed his own. It's, it, it's still Kanye West. It's, it's still, and that would have been a you know dope surprise, like, you know? Yeah. That would have been a dope surprise yeah. for a really great song, too. Um, mm-hmm. He opened up the concert in prayer. <laughs> Oh, I was about to say, did he take y'all to the to the heavenlies? He did. He well, here's the thing. When he came from out, he came from backstage. He came from backstage with no problems. Mm-hmm. Crowd was Ooh, that's an okay. amazing song to come out to. It Crowd is, that's my stu- favorite song. And yeah. here's the thing: the DJ when the DJ ended his like pre-concert set, DJ was mm-hmm. done. Live band the rest of the show. Oh, so imagine mm-hmm. no problems. Like you don't want zero problems. For, dun, I mean, the, dun, I mean, it was dun, just dun, oh, dun, went dun. crazy. Yeah. Um, but after that, he stopped that music and said. Let's pray. <laughs> what I, I said, I said, you better be talking about this song about weed and drugs and go straight <laughs> into prayer. You know where your help comes from. And what was hey. so amazing about that was that there were so many different ethnicities, racial groups, identities. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can almost guarantee everybody in there was a Christian. When I tell you everybody at least respected Chance, Chance is God. Yeah. yeah. They stopped and they reverent. It was silent. Mm-hmm. And he asked for God to put his gift so much on display that people mm-hmm. came to Christ through this concert. I said, Chance, That's something. you better know how to pray. I mean, that mm-hmm. man, that you that man grew up in church. That thing yeah. almost shifted me. He better be glad I was surrounded by some people I didn't know because I was about to <laughs> I was about to stir up the heavens. Um he paused and did a gospel set. Mm-hmm. Now it was all sinners anthems, melodies from heaven, revolution, okay. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But and the people went with it though. Um, I'm sure. So of course, it was the acid rap ten year. He did that whole album. He did song from Ten Day, his very first mixtape. He did song from Color okay. Book. I think he did mm-hmm. one or two songs from The Big Day, his most recent album. Mm-hmm. And then he did one mm-hmm. or two of these singles that he's been um, putting out. But it was an hour forty five minutes of straight music, just cut just because he came out around ten and he mm-hmm. didn't. He left. He did a little encore. And after his encore was done, he was done at eleven forty five. Just straight. I mean, it's song mm. after song. And if you was a fan, I mean, it might have been one or two songs. You're like, oh, this ain't my most favorite, but it's a good song. But song after song. I left. I was so hoarse. I was mm, so I'm tired sure. the next day when I had to go to San Francisco for work. When I tell mm-hmm. you it was worth the hour and a half of sleep that I got before I went yeah. to the airport, <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> I'm sure. My, my flight was at 6 a.m. Oh, the yeah. concert ended at 11.45. By the time I got from Inglewood to North Hollywood is where I was staying. I did not plan there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like almost two. I had to be mm-hmm. up at three forty-five so I can get to the airport on time. Yeah, I slept for like an hour and forty minutes, but it was worth it, bro. It was yeah, so worth I'm it. Sure, one of the best concerts I've been. to. I miss Beyonce, but I got to see Chance. Um, so birthday yeah. we did. I came home to Atlanta, had brunch mm-hmm. um, with friends, and yeah, I was tired <laughs> after brunch. I was wore out. Yeah, um, that time difference kicked my tail. I had to preach that Sunday. I was about to say um, that you had to say a word. You had a, a weekend. I had a week. I mean, every facet of my of my life was on display. Um, yeah, I was just about to say that. Like friends, family, ministry, your love for music, your love for travel, um, the things you're doing as far as the D and I space. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was all, literally your your week. It was all. Only that wasn't that way. If your mom and daddy would have been in, in Memphis, then or been in Atlanta, that would have been like the culmination of who is Josh Rogers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So it was good. I am. I will say this. I'm gonna say this out loud. Um, that I'm not saying this out loud because y'all are invited. Because a lot of y'all are not. I am throwing Josh's 35th Excellence in the War. It's a Black Excellence party. 
It's gonna okay. be, think think Atlanta housewife scale. It's gonna be big. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about everybody got to wear all black except me. It's gonna be big. Oh, it's gonna be white. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very self centered. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm starting to planning now because I don't celebrate my birthday like that. But I feel like these last few years have been monumental, and I want to bring in 35 yeah. in a big way. Um, so yeah, man, that was it. So thank you for that. So birthday was great. Birthday was good. Yeah. It was I'll shut you out, man. It's your birthday. I'm, I'm we glad. would. T- I would ask you about Paris and all that, but that's what this episode is about. So oh, yeah. we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, I see that we have a black ask moment. We do. Um, all right, and it's early October, so in black um, culture, it's homecoming season. My God. Okay. Um, I went to a PWI. You went you to did. HBCU. I I'm married to a person who who went to HBCU, so you I'm not in. Uh, I'm I'm not the one that can answer these <clears throat> questions. So I'm gonna throw it out there: uh, the black ass question, black ass moment for this week concerns conversation regarding black culture, community, maybe critical or comedic. This is not critical or comedic, or can be comedic because you know the things that happen. Um, so homecoming season is here. What are some yes. do's and some don'ts for HBCU? I'm I'm saying specifically. HBCU homecoming season. Who should come? Who should stay? Mm. What you should wear? All the mm. things. That is my mm. black ass question for this week. I answer two of the two questions you asked specifically. Who should come? Okay. Are people who f- are familiar with HBCU culture or at least have a great affinity for it? That is not the okay. time for me to be answering all your questions. Right. <laughs> and it's not. I'm not, I'm not giving you a tour mm-hmm. house. Like, what? No. Um, <laughs> So come prepare with some type of knowledge or some great affinity for it. Who mm-hmm. should come as well? If your partner did not attend an HBCU, y'all need to have a conversation. And if your partner mm-hmm. um, attended a different HBCU, I think you just need to have a conversation. Not because you're yeah. doing anything shady, but because you're mm-hmm. going to be nine times out of 10 shaking hands and hugging and all this yeah. other kind of stuff with so many people that they may have, even to this day, me and Ash have been together mm-hmm. 14 years, married 11 of those. Every year, mm-hmm. she'd be like, who is that? It's somebody new mm-hmm. every year. Because you right. only want to see so many pockets of people per year. And some of these yeah. folks I don't talk to on a regular basis. Like, we're connected on social media. So, we're, you know, mm-hmm. and we're semi-contact with each other. But, like, seeing them in person. Like, last year, I remember, now, nah, this dude was drunk. My nigga, Josh. And just ran up on me and gave <laughs> me this hug, right? And Ash was like... You know, I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, that's my, that's my, I mean, we were cool in college, but like, I guess mm-hmm. it was just one of the things we ain't seen each other. We both still alive for the pandemic. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, when I say have those conversations, I don't mean like prep them for something crazy. Mm-hmm. I just mean like, and, but yeah. Ash went to HBCU, so she kind of gets it. It's just always, I think, amazing how, how many people we come in contact with mm-hmm. um, that's not in your everyday circle. That's who should come. And that's how you should navigate that. Number two, mm-hmm. what to wear. Be fashion forward, but be comfortable. Yeah. It's it's a lot of standing and walking. Um, if you like, for example, me and Brian both own the Cherry 11s. Yeah. Don't don't wear them. Yeah. They're going to get those. scuffed up and dirty. Like, they're going to get destroyed out there. Mm-hmm. Now, it don't mean that you can't wear some J's, but wear like your, your mm. darker colorways. Like, legit. Mm. Um, or Smart. some shoe that ain't got no, like, velvet and that kind of material on it. Because, they, I mean... Mm-hmm. Alcohol might get spilled on your shoe. 
Everybody, mm. you know what I'm saying? People are drunk. People are with all weed. You might get <laughs> cigarette butts on your shoes. Ain't no mm-hmm. nacho cheese dip, barbecue sauce. Ooh. Yeah, You don't want any of that to happen, right? So you can mm-hmm. be fashion forward, but make sure it's something that you can... Dark colors, at least for shoes. And I would even say for some of your tops, too. So a lot of people wear their, their school nail you. Um, some people just wear the colors. Um, some people wear their fraternity and sorority stuff. It's, I mean, it's very school spirit. Yeah. Um, so you can be fashion forward, but be um, be comfortable and have a plan of attack. I'll add that in there. Like know how you're going to navigate it, um, what tents you want to go to, what areas you want to see. Uh, it'd be the same food vendors every year. I get the same fried fish plate from the same people every year. <laughs> <laughs> so I know exactly what I'm going to eat every year. And that plate is $18 every year. <laughs> so I just, you know, I give them the 20 I don't even want to change. You don't even look for the $2. It's crazy out here. Take it. Right. Um, so yeah, but HBCU homecoming should be a time. I'm actually don't know if I'm gonna make my homecoming tailgate this year. Okay. Jaden has a game at like two o'clock. And that is like prime tailgate time. Yes. It <laughs> and is. I'm just like, and my parents were here last year. So I was able to finesse, but they're not coming this year. Mm-hmm. So I might miss it. But I'm gonna take that back. I'm going to get dressed for homecoming and go to Jaden's game. Mm-hmm. I am dropping Jaden off promptly when that <laughs> game is over at his Nana's house and heading straight downtown and catch the rest of what I can catch. All my <laughs> friends will probably be pissy drunk by the end, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still want to be out there in the mix for at least a good hour because people don't start heading home until about 5.30-ish. Yeah. So I can get down there around like 4. Mm-hmm. I can get a good hour and a half in, see who I need to see, shake some hands, and then be out. So exactly. we'll see. Okay. That makes sense. Are you attending um, Clark's homecoming with Lauren? I am not. I'm not. Um, so <laughs> so th- that swiftly. Yeah. So the weird thing is, like, so when we first got together, like, I felt like Lauren was, like, felt obligated to like invite me to his homecoming. So, but I, I didn't want to go to begin with. But then I was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I was, like, I'll go, I'll go. But it's still one. It's one of those things where, like, I didn't go to Clark, so I'm like, kind of like your plus one, and I know your friend, but I don't really know your friends. So it was like it's like the weird thing of like you feel like you I feel like they have to talk to me, but I'm like I don't really I'm just I was just there. So I was like I just thought I said I'm I don't have to go to one of these ever again. Like yeah, it's, it's okay. Like don't feel obligated. Yeah. So this year, um, I I was asked like just in case because sometimes she don't want to go by herself. So yeah, I'm like her security blanket. So, but I was like, hey, homecoming's coming up. Is there something you want me to come to? She said no. I said all right, thank God. And also it's her. Uh, 20 year line anniversary. So mm. shout out to Alpha Pi, Clark Atlanta, uh, AKAs. Um, it's the 20 year anniversary. So she's going to be doing 20 year AKA plus homecoming yeah. stuff. So I'll be at the house with Brooklyn. So we straight. But um, yeah, I um, now homecoming is not really like I, I didn't go to HBCU. So like, you know, yeah, no, it, it's, it. it's weird. Like it'd be weird. You know what I mean? Like I get it. And then I know my brother, you don't people like that. I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> and that's a lot. Yeah. And that's a lot of people. And that's the yeah. thing, like homecoming, you know, I don't want to stay here. We, we probably should have did a homecoming episode. It ain't too late. Yeah, um, probably can't still do one. Um, but homecoming, is, it's just what it is. It's homecoming. People are coming yeah. home. So yeah. even like, so even though Ash went to HBCU, she didn't go to Morehouse. So when she's at, or Spelman, well, she couldn't go to Morehouse. She didn't go to Spelman. So mm-hmm. um, when she's on navigating campus with me, 
Like sometimes I feel bad. I be checking, like, you good? Because I be having conversations. I be like in deep conversations. She just be standing to the side. Mm-hmm. And part of me feel bad, but another part of me don't because it's like, it's my homecoming. I'm not going to yeah. miss out on these, like, all this nostalgia, reminiscing mm-hmm. and um, telling old stories and laughing and all this. Can you remember freshman year we did? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. And of course, they see her on social media, so they all engage her. Yeah. But like the depth of the conversation is between me and those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can get stuck, especially if it's like a friend who I was really tight with or cool with mm-hmm. um, that I hadn't seen in a while. You know, all the different kind of stuff. So I get it. I feel yeah. like if I would, I've never been to Clark's Homecoming outside of kind of walking through it. Mm-hmm. But I could imagine if I immersed myself in it, I would probably feel the same way. Yeah. Um, to some in some regards, I, I mean, because Clark was right there, so I know some people who went to Clark, mm-hmm. but um, it's not my school, so my yeah. feelings toward that would be very, very, very different. So yeah. anyway, happy homecoming mm-hmm. to all the HBCUs out there, and for those who don't have a football team, um, I know y'all. I know some of them do stuff in the spring for like around basketball, but mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. No. Can't relate. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, song of the week, brother. Yes, song of the week is within theme. Okay, um, and it's an oldie, but I believe is it provocative? It's not that. Oh, was, okay. That that was the <laughs> that was the like easy one, and then okay. there's another one that was kind of easy, but then I'm gonna use the I'm gonna do the original. I'm gonna do the original. Okay, okay, okay. Here it goes. <laughs> not Layla Mama lot. <laughs> Is this the song I'm thinking about? I don't know if this is it. I don't know. You didn't play it in that reference. <laughs> this is not the song I'm thinking about. <laughs> okay, that's not the song I'm thinking about. So Moulin Rouge was the was the other version, the um the Moulin Rouge soundtrack for the Christian Athlete. That's not what I'm looking for. Uh it's okay. a LaBelle song though. It's a LaBelle song. Wrong song. So let's 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 do this the right way. Okay. Uh, it's a LaBelle song. Hold on. <laughs> Patty LaBelle and the LaBelles. That's when yeah, she had her original uh, nose. Get out of here. I mean, Pat, but Patty didn't go too, Patty didn't go far. Mm-mm, she didn't do no Michael or yeah, nothing like that. Or, no, or, uh, or Braxton. Yeah, little nose, not Braxton, little nose reduction and she stopped it. Auntie Patty stopped it. What song is it? Yeah, it was Lady Mama Lie. Uh, Oulé Vous Cher okay. Montois. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, C'est Soir. C'est Soir, yeah. That was the song. That was the right song. Okay. Okay. Well, that's song Lady. of the week. Uh, Lady Mama Lied. Uh, Lady Mama Lied uh, by uh, LaBelle. Patty LaBelle and the LaBelles. Yeah, and LaBelles. So and, and it was redone uh, by uh, Christina Aguilera. Uh-huh. Maya. Uh-huh. Was Pink in there, too? It was Pink. Uh-huh. And Look Him. Lil Kim, mm-hmm. and Lil Kim and had a rap verse. She did, and, and think, then Missy, uh, Missy was like in there, was like just in the back, kind of yeah. as a producer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yep. Now, so now Missy right. said when they did Ladies Night, y'all would have me singing, so it's like Patty Labelle in this piece. <laughs> <laughs> 
Singing hooks and stuff. Singing hooks and stuff. <laughs> and then she came in and gave a very singy rap verse. It was like, girl. <laughs> oh, what or not? It's to be yeah. like Mike. Let you know what? <laughs> Matter of fact, you make me sis with sis, we're here, Brian. Since we are here. Since we are here. <laughs> we find the oh. Kim's bird. I mean, yeah. Missy's bird. That's a good song, man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even gonna leave without saying something on this track. You ain't gonna use me to just be singing hooks. What I look like? Patty the bell or somebody. Check it out. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, what a night. You should be like this instead of being like mine. I like the ride for instead of riding bikes. Me and Lil' Kim got the rhymes to the side. I gotta catch a flight. <laughs> Round three. And see, we need some. I mean, Brian, I've said it before. We need a 2023 version of it with um some of the some of the new rap labels. <clears throat> y'all just don't know, y'all just don't get along so often. <laughs> Mainly Nikki, but <laughs> a lot of y'all don't get along so often that you know I don't know. I feel like the ones who could re- like back then like that. Verse those verses were with women who were super hot at the time. Oh yeah, minus oh, Foxy yeah. Brown <laughs> because Foxy <laughs> Brown and Lakim but didn't get along. Yeah, um, but outside of Foxy, you know, it was like the Brat, Left Eye, Missy, mm-hmm. Angie Martinez, and then yeah. um, Lakim. Right, mm-hmm. that was that was that's a crazy lineup of women. Yeah, so just imagine yeah. if it was like a Nicki, Meg, Cardi, Lotto, and maybe the City Girls or one of the City Girls. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that would be yeah. crazy. Be crazy. Um, the the visuals for that would be uh, wild. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Let's reconcile and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. We can do it. We can do it. If yeah. Jay Z and Kanye can can reconcile, if Mace and Cameron can reconcile, <laughs> come on. We can we can do this thing. We can do this thing. All right. No. With that being said, I stood and accepted. Brian, you ready to get into the blessed report? Talk about some black excellence. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're here at the Blessed Report. We shout out black folks doing great black things. And me and Josh, we don't just celebrate black people, just, you know, Black History Month. And for Juneteenth, we celebrate black people and celebrate and patronize black businesses uh, 24 7, 365. We're always celebrating and supporting black uh, folks and the things that we do. Uh, So this week, um, talking about Josh's birthday earlier, and the place we went to celebrate our good friend and brother uh, was Black House. Uh, there is a North Hollywood ver- uh, um, location, but there's also the one we went to in ATL. Uh, so bless up Black House. Uh, the owners are Tequila Corbett, Rashid Cofield, and Lavelle Bynum. All three <laughs> solid. Black names. Tequila, Rashid, and Lavelle. <laughs> All oh strong God. black names. I don't know no Nakias, white Tequitas. I don't know no white Rashids or Lavelles. Um, strong black names. Um, the trio, who have all spent some time in the Los Angeles, excuse me, in the Atlanta area, decided to expand to Atlanta because their first location, Black House North Hollywood, uh, was inspired by the food, music, and culture of the city. Uh, so they said since they established uh, in 2019, Black House success depended on their guests, 
They strive to become the top spot for a memorable outing by offering impeccable service, uh, delectable food, and a vibe that is second to none. Uh, the restaurant is family owned and passionate about creating an upscale yet relaxed dining experience uh, inspired by Southern comfort food. Um, and we can speak to the fact of their uh, environment to something like that in Atlanta um, yeah. location. I think you went before your birthday celebration. You had, gone yeah, I've been a, yeah, I've been a few times before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed myself. Uh, we went on Sunday when they had karaoke and that was something. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to your lovely wife who mm-hmm. murdered Deborah Cox. <laughs> <laughs> she murdered it. Like the she whole, she the sang whole for real. <laughs> she, oh, the mic was on. She sang she like sang. I had bills due. <laughs> <laughs> like girl, the girl was singing, uh, and it was crazy to where everybody in the restaurant was like. First, it was she was singing, and you heard like the the collective black. Okay, like all right, and then. Like she started singing, singing, and then everybody started standing up, recording her singing. I said, like, "All right, Asher." And then our good brother Josh had to sing some Jodeci. He could let Jodeci, you know, be out there and not didn't even know, request not take, place, it. take part in that. Didn't even request. They just played it, and I was like, "Oh, they just played it." And you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And there were some other not so good singers, singers there. It was yes, they were enjoying yeah. the vibes for sure. Yeah, yeah. The food was good though. I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed yes. the time. So. Uh, if you want to check out uh, Black House, it is spelled B L A Q. We love a letter modification in the black community. <laughs> uh, we love to put a Q word, you know, a C K and a Z at the end of something. Well, sometimes we take S. vowels out altogether. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be B L K. <laughs> so blackhouse.com or check them out on Black House ATL. On IG or Black House, no noho, noho, excuse me, noho for the uh, uh, North Hollywood version in California. Um, we don't have did anybody we know pass away this week. No, not that I know of. Mm-mm. Okay, uh, so we don't have a rest, but I want to say prayers up to Morgan State. Uh, yes. Although no lives were lost in the mass shooting that took place uh, the last few days or so over the last few days. Um, five folks were injured, uh, but it was determined that it was to be racially motivated. So for those that aren't aware, Morgan State is a HBCU located in Baltimore, the Baltimore area. Uh, and a person, a Huayite, a Caucasian person, uh, went up and started shooting up uh, Morgan State. Uh, again, five folks were injured. Uh, at this point, no one is considered to be in critical condition, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, prayers up to that. Uh, university and also prayers. We talk about homecoming. I believe they're canceling their homecoming. Which yeah, is, they are. They did sad, sad, sad thing. But I understand it. But you know, I understand that that's revenue that you know homecoming brings in hotel yeah. food, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, <clears throat> merchandise that uh, the school is now missing out on um, because of this heinous, heinous uh, event. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anything else before we um, head up, head out to the board? I don't think so. Let's bunny hop on. I don't know over there. Um, R&B is yet alive and well because Usher will be performing at this year's Super Bowl. Louis Vuitton 3 um, is Mm -hmm. happening in Las Vegas. I know that that experience is going to be expensive, but I would not mind being there for not even the game. I I never care about the game really anyway. Mm -hmm. I always am there. 
for the halftime. And then it's going to be yeah. in Vegas. Oh, mm-hmm. what a night. Ain't that what Missy oh, just yeah. said? Uh, oh. <laughs> so with the catalog that goes back to 30 years, that includes 18 top 10 hits, nine of them which reached number one. Usher's in many ways a no-brainer for the showcase. And I feel like last year or a year ago or so, somebody mentioned him and then someone else went viral for saying that they didn't believe that Usher would be a good choice because he's mm-hmm. not like halftime performance worth. I was like, girl, get away. Um, yeah. The halftime show is a rite of passage. We know for a lot of top tier music artists, it reignites their careers. They get a lot of album sales, and Usher dropping a new album, mm-hmm. which means that he's probably going to announce some type of world tour. Now that his yep. residency is over or ending um, in Vegas, anyway, uh, so I think it's going to be an amazing show. Um, I wonder if he's going to bring certain people out because mm-hmm. that's always a thing too. Like Usher yeah. has enough hits to where he don't have to bring nobody out. <laughs> he does have some amazing collabs though, yeah. to where because I feel like. Super Bowl in Vegas is just going to bring out celebrities anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they, you ain't even got to really pay for, like, room and board and flight. They just going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's more so less. You coming to the Super Bowl? Like, it's yeah. that kind of question. Uh, I did see the joke about that, that he needs to bring out Beyonce doing, um, what was the song? She was uh, she was in the uh, video. Love in this club. Love in this club. And then once she does her little dance, Usher leaves and she finishes her renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> I said, any uh, people, people just want Beyonce to be uh, to to help. Woman is t- woman is forty two. She yeah. can't keep doing it. Listen, we, she's, she still got it. A woman mm-hmm. of God deserves a break. Yes, she, she, she laid it all on the line. Um, mm-hmm. Anything you're expecting or want to see from Usher during this halftime show, Brian? Um, the, the collapse. I, if, if if you're gonna sing, yeah, let's get Ludacris and Lil John. That like, give us the Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Put give us the Atlanta. Give us Atlanta. Like we, sure. we want that. Um, I do know that he has to kind of appeal to a broad audience. So I know he has a lot of dance and dance. He got to do like, OMG. You know? Yeah, you got to do those those oh dance. Universal yeah. Um, you got to get those. But also, you know, you're Atlanta. Yeah, we're the South. Yeah. Um, give us give us those things. Um, but we can talk. We're gonna talk. We can talk about Usher performance in the Billboard, but not Billboard yeah, in the yeah. living room, but. Um, I feel like he's gonna murder this thing. I'm gonna tell you the one that I want to see, but it's a very slim chance that it's gonna happen. I want Chris Brown to come out there. New Flame. I I that's what I want. I want New Flame. New I, Flame. Can, they got like two songs together, right? I think they have a couple songs together. Yeah, I want. I want. And here's the thing. I know they had an alleged little incident mm-hmm. at a at a concert at um, but yeah. Let's let's bury that, bring him because here's the thing. Chris Brown could he has enough say what you want to say about Breezy. He has enough songs to do a Super Bowl set. He does. Without a but doubt. Because because though of his reputation and whatever, he's probably likely never going to get the Super Bowl stage. So never. let's bring the ma- moonwalk your butt right on out of there mm-hmm. and do this. And um, and is it is it party? Party, ain't that him? Ain't Usher on that one too with Gucci Mane? Bring Gucci Mane. No, Gucci Mane. I know Gucci Mane's on it, but is okay. Usher on that song too? I don't know. Let me just make sure. Let me see. Let me see. Usher. Right. I feel like my thing is: is he gonna do? Is he gonna do Diddy? Is he gonna do? Yes, I, party. Yes, JD? yes. Okay. Usher is on. Usher is on on, on party. I, I ain't crazy. Okay. Um, but yeah. So what is about Gucci Mane? The flair to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Give us Atlanta. Give us the give the world the Atlanta experience. 
Yeah. yeah. And then you can still bring Will I Am out for OMG and yeah. all the, you know, some of the other more poppy songs that you did in the era. But yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be an amazing show. Um, again, Usher's catalog is just, it's cemented despite some of his, some of the stuff he did in the last five years I've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But this, these, I, it's a few songs he got like Glue, I really like. Um, Good, good. We ain't, we good, but we ain't good, good. However that song goes, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so them two's newer songs. I so I think we mentioned in the group chat what was his album be like. If it's anything like them two, I feel like that album mm-hmm. has promise. Um, because yeah. I really yeah, enjoy yeah. those two songs. I just hope yeah. it ain't one of them ones where it's like three or four good ones and the rest is like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, I remember at one point they were working on like a Confessions three. Like the Confessions, like mm. the Confessions album, but they were working on like kind of like that that lane. Like him and JD went through mm. trying to come up with like a but that's 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 a either hit or miss. Trying to reach back to something that was like a certified classic, probably my yeah, top five th- top five favorite RB albums of all time. That's his thriller. Don't touch it. So it's like <laughs> but it's like also that was that stuff was timeless you know what i mean so I know, and that's what i'm saying like because you got because think about that realm here we go getting stuck you got thriller purple mm-hmm. rain um mm-hmm. confessions um arguably i'm gonna say four right mm-hmm. um, yeah oh yeah. Like, you yeah, know, yeah you know what i'm saying some people songs say in the key of life. um yeah. songs in the key of life you know if certain artists have given us their album blueprint you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Giving us their album that is like that's the album, and I don't. Yeah. In, in so many ways, there's a reason why there wasn't a Thriller two, or um, yeah, you know what I'm saying, or another or uh, a Blue Rain. It's, it's Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. Just let it, just yeah. let it be <laughs> what it is. Let it be. You know, and because it's so timeless, and it's almost like when movies go back and try to do a sequel, it's like mm, yeah, you shouldn't have touched mm-hmm. it. Like like the Friday no. franchise. Two mm-hmm. next Friday and Friday after next weren't bad, but it is nothing compared to Friday, no. right? No, um, so coming yeah, to America, don't, don't, go, don't, oh, oh, don't be coming. To, don't be coming to America too. That don't be that. Even be that shouldn't even be mentioned. <laughs> don't even, don't be that. <laughs> that shouldn't even be mentioned. It was released where it needed to be released in Amazon, oh, and I wish I could print a return slip. <clears throat> I would have sent it back. <laughs> if I could, if I could. That thing was a coon fest. Um, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, we're moving right on. Speaking of music, Tupac has been allegedly dead for years. Um, yeah. However, it seems like his case may finally be solved. You listen, this, the conspiracy folks say he not dead. They say he in yeah. Cabo somewhere right. <laughs> just living. But a grand jury has indicted Dwayne Keith Davis on charge of murder and use of a deadly weapon in Tupac Shakur's case. A grand jury indicted um him on a number of charges for murder of a use of a deadly weapon involved with this 1996 um, killing um, Las Vegas announced it last week. I don't know if that changes anything for people. It probably gives some type of reprieve to his family and loved ones, those who mm-hmm. were the closest to him. But for us, yeah. the the fans, it's just like, okay, well, we've been hearing about this literally since 96. Like, yeah. y'all won't let Biggie or Tupac rest since 96. <laughs> so it's like their death is just always in our face. Yeah. And I guess when you're, it's so amazing that their careers were so short, but so impactful. Um, you know, yeah. they didn't live long lives and they didn't do a no, whole, 24 whole what, let, me t- let me take that back. They did quite a bit in their little, in the life that they had, but it wasn't like the span yeah. of like some of the bigger artists today, but they have the same name recognition and 
uh, superstardom, even after death, yeah. um, that some of the real, real big artists of today have. So, because I mean, yeah. if you play a Biggie song right now, especially like Hypnotize or something, Jaden loves Hypnotize. Mm-hmm. Like my kids love Hypnotize. Tupac, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you, California love, like all the yeah. things. Yeah. You know, yeah, that um, it still hits, it still rocks. All Eyes on Me album by Tupac is like his. All Eyes on Me. This is album. Right? People still watching Juice. Yeah. People, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was out here in his acting bag doing his thing. So, um, <clears throat> that's, and that's something to, to the fact of like you immerse yourself in your level of creativity, God given gift, and you're never forgotten. Even if they, even if they would have been murdered, <laughs> if they would have hadn't been murdered, I feel, still feel like <clears throat> they would still be relevant. To the oh, culture yeah. to this day. Oh yeah, I think I think they would definitely be in there. Um, I'm only doing features now, bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Tupac would low key probably not be doing. He would probably be like off the grid. Um, yeah, yeah. I really feel like he'll be in that space. Uh, super into into black. Who was at my door? Into uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a let it ride too because I'm doing something. I'm busy. Um, super into <laughs> what? Super knock on my door. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Super into his bag. Um, super like Black Lives Matter. I definitely would believe that would have been Tupac, and I believe that Biggie. Um, I believe Biggie would have eventually left Diddy, like the rest yes. of them. Um, but mm-hmm. I also think that his music career would have been long lasting and just as impactful. So, um, yeah. nevertheless. Rest in peace, Tupac. Um, Simone Biles is the GOAT. After a two-year hiatus, Simone Biles led the women's gymnastics team to their seventh consecutive world title. And she is considered to be, quote-unquote, old in gymnastics. She's 26 years old. And um, and she keeps on making history, now winning her 20th gold medal. But she also includes three silvers and three bronze. So shout out to Simone Biles. Um, what, What is the other young lady who was big? Douglas. Yes, who did that bad Dougie? Dougie, yeah, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like she got pushed out. Um, okay, she won the she won the gold medal the first time, and then yeah, she, she was out here killing on the too, team the second like, time. Yeah, and then she just disappeared. Like, but I feel yeah, like, like it's with, with society whenever they can only have one one black woman at a time. Like mm. it's that. That whole thing. I guess. You know. I guess. But shout, shout out Simone Biles out here. Um, and speaking of the GOATs, Michael Jordan is now in the Forbes mm-hmm. 400 list. Um, so congratulations to him. Uh, Forbes estimates that he is worth $3 billion. <laughs> and it places him on that list, um, marking the first time a professional athlete has been ranked among America's most wealthy individuals. But I wanna I wanted to get through all of that to get to this, Brian. Yeah. Let's talk about Beyonce Janelle, Giselle, no okay. car. Yes, yes. Woman of God just did. How many cities? You said 46? Yeah, she did 56 shows. 56 I don't know how many shows. cities. So, so 56 shows. She probably let's did what? Like yeah. Because Atlanta had like three shows. So let's just let's yeah. just leave it at the 56 shows. Mm-hmm. Woman of God has a massive, incredible catalog. Yeah. Um, she sold out arenas, stadiums, yes. arenas. actually. Mm-hmm. Not arenas, stadiums, yeah. whole yeah, stadiums. stadiums. Yeah, yeah stadiums. with 80,000 seats. 80-some thousand seats. Oh, the form is across the street from SoFi. SoFi looks like a sofa that thing is futuristic okay it's beautiful <laughs> just as a side oh yeah um anyway she sold all that out and now she's that's why she told the girls doing her show you are the visuals you want to know why because she was recording mm-hmm. y'all and y'all gonna be in the movie and it's coming to amc <laughs> theaters and the tickets right. was 28 dollars <laughs> reverend i ain't paid 28 dollars for one movie ticket ever but i'm gonna tell you this 
the whole Rogers family got tickets on December 3rd. <laughs> we, 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 we bought our tickets. We picked, we selected our seats. We are going to mm-hmm. be in the space. And even Jaden, who sometimes <laughs> like to give Beyonce a hard time, said, Mommy, Daddy, I want to go. We're going to make it mm. happen. Um, yeah. So super excited. Of course, they're selling yeah. out. People are buying theaters. People are buying up tickets. Uh, so this woman mm. is sold out stadiums and arenas and now she's selling out movie theaters across the entire globe uh shout out to beyonce getting her band like her creativity her business mind it just does not cease to amaze me yeah um so much needed break to her but Uh take your rest sis because we're ready now for active okay so destiny's children have been seen together have been seen together we've been prophesying on this show for the last what two years and they updated the website Mm mm-hmm they update the website, Brian. And then the show in Houston, they didn't take pictures together, all four of them. But if you look mm-hmm. at some of the TikTok videos, they were on the same row, just mm-hmm. on opposite ends. Yeah. So I believe that they're keeping themselves separate mm-hmm. for them so that there's no like exact narrative. Yeah. But I believe yeah. that all yeah. five of those girls are going to do something. To- I feel like the show is going to be centered around the three. Mm-hmm. And that they're going to do like some songs together, and they may. Yeah. What if they recorded some new stuff with the five? And I feel like they did because I feel like um, I. So let's go back. So we know in sync is coming back, right? Backstreet Boys is coming back, right? So this is I ain't gotta have none of that. This but, is the yeah, time where the reunions are happening. Uh, about a year ago, we saw. Kelly and Michelle posted a picture on Instagram where it said Destiny or Children of Destiny or something like that. And it looked like they was in the, re- in the studio recording. So I feel like they were recording. And then Beyonce has been making an admission to shout out Latoya, Latavia, mm-hmm. Kelly, Michelle. Ain't mentioned nothing about Farrah. But she's been making an admission, a, a mission to mention that. And also, I feel like if you listen to interviews with Latoya and Latavia, They've been speaking highly, um, uh, speaking highly of Beyonce, not only Beyonce, but also speaking highly of her dad. So I feel like if they're in a space of reconciliation, in a space of bringing us back, I feel like it's a great opportunity for let's let's be honest. Latoya had a great album when she left Destiny Show. She was doing her thing. Latavia, Latoya has had a a solid career post Destiny Show. Solid career. Act, actress. She's been in some mm-hmm. great movies and, and TV shows. Put it as a great album. You know what I mean? So she's had a, a great run after Destiny Child. But I feel like this can take... This would be a great opportunity for a Destiny's Child reunion tour. Like a true reunion tour. Like mm-hmm. It can even be a situation like New Edition where all of them sing the songs all six and then of they them. move all it to six, where, seven of them came. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like give, give us that. Like, And I think we would... You t- take up and don't don't crucify me. I'd rather, like I said earlier, I would rather see Destiny Child reunion than see the Beyonce by herself because this is something that like this 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 is before Beyonce. Like I would, I, you know what? I would agree with you in this regard because I think there's three acts, and I think while this may be one of Beyonce's like closing moments, I don't think she's done forever. Mm-hmm. So I think this yeah, is yeah. the prime time if we're going to get something new, brand new from Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I want to see it as DC five or DC three yeah. or whatever DC whatever, right? Um, so I agree with you hundred percent. 
let me let me put let me let me rewind real back and skip mm-hmm. on back to this Farah situation. There's no need oh. to mention Farah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. And and this is not gonna be my greater conversation because mm-hmm. I got something else for the greater conversation. I got two things for y'all that's really bothering mm-hmm. my spirit real bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Y'all been getting on my nerves because people were like, you can't forget Farah. She was part of the group. It's shady. No, she wasn't. Farah was literally there for three to six months. Yeah. She didn't record any original music. Mm -hmm. She was her biggest contribution to the group was the fact that she was in the Say My Name video. Yeah. And that's how most of us even found out who you were. We all were watching MTV and was like, who are these girls? Yes. And then y'all did some because the album had just came out. Yeah. Right? Let's 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 go back to history. The uh-huh. album had just came out. Latoya and Latavia were kicked out, so the, you know, allegedly. Mm-hmm. They were all doing their press runs. Latoya and Latavia tried to start a new group. They, they didn't do didn't nothing. Work. Um Destiny Child moved on. And because just like back in the day when Beyonce used to talk to us, they mm-hmm. had to do tours. I mean press runs. So they were yeah. doing radio interviews, <clears throat> all these different kind of stuff. And 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 um performances and because Farah was a replacement at the time she was a part of those performances but let's also keep it a buck it is also well documented that Farah was allegedly sick a lot of these performances so Mm -hmm. she didn't even show up to every performance which I think ultimately led Mm -hmm. to her removal from the group she made no significant contributions to the group and we heard her sing on this BET um, oh, and it, so even vocally sis you don't even have it like that and then she liked to say well we sold more records we, after we, yeah, what she said she said we sold more records after we came in than the group did before that's because even though social media didn't exist the world has always been messy yeah when first of all y'all had your first album what was the first album was it writings on the wall uh, was the second one i'm looking up right now well, whatever the first album was, they had Bills, Bills, Bills and stuff on it. That was the first album, right? So that was the one that got us no, 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 all that kind of stuff, right? We mm-hmm. knew who they were. By the time the second album came out, which I think is Writings on the Wall, I want to say second album's Writings on the Wall. Whatever the yes, second yes, album yes, was. Destiny's Child is the number one. Uh, so Writings on the Wall on the was wall. number two. Okay. So, right, so by the time Writings on the yeah. Wall came out, though, however, we knew who Destiny Child was. So, yes, like the group split when the album dropped. Yeah. So, yes... If you're a successful group and your sophomore album isn't a flop, you're going to sell more albums than your than your debut album if you have a good album. Yeah. And yeah. it dropped in the middle of mess. So everybody was also interested because the women yeah. that's on the cover of Writings on the Wall ain't in the video of Say My Name. So we all trying to figure <laughs> out what's happening. So sis, the right. group didn't sell more song or album because you were a part of it. They sold more albums because the world loves mess. And we, yeah. and we, and we wanted to see the mess. Like, let's just keep it a buck. So I don't want to disrespect Farah as a person. I know we can have all the jokes. But girl, your contribution was so minimal to... This group, yeah, that it's not even worth mentioning. So, I just want all you people out there who, whoever this Fara fan club is, go bury yourself somewhere. I wonder what was in her luggage. Like, what what did you have in that? In Child, that some JC Penney's <laughs> panties, and that's it, probably. Because what else could you have at nineteen? Right, and you just hit the scene, like. Just be glad that you can be able to say I was a part of Destiny Child at a certain point yeah. in time. Like, just ride that wave. Be gracious. 
Just ride that wave. And then I think the gag was after you left that child, you was like, you ended up being in the Sierra video. Like, girl, you didn't even do mm. nothing. You weren't even featured. You was just in the video. Yeah. You didn't do anything after after your claim to fame. I was in Destiny Shop, but you weren't really for three months. Yeah, you saying backgrounds in Europe on say my name. Yeah, like twice. Yeah, and got your luggage sent. Yeah, <laughs> go home. Go home. Anyway, stay there. Destiny Child, we we want y'all. So we do. With that being said, understood. Next after Brian, you ready to get into the living room and talk about you know. Your experience. Yes. In Paris. I'm, I'm ready. All right. Well, grab your coffee, grab your drinks, grab your beignets, grab your croissants. <laughs> <laughs> grab your grab your coffee and all the things, and let's head on down um, to the living room and have this conversation. Let's do it. All right, we are here at the living room where uh, we're going to kind of just recap my trip to Paris. Um, so uh, I guess niggas in Paris was a, is a thing. Because um, y'all was in Paris. We were in Paris. Like the Rugrats. Uh, you remember that video cassette Rugrats tape in Orange? Paris. I remember that. They did that. go to Paris. I remember that. <laughs> um, it was a cool trip. So I guess let me, let me, let me where should I start? Where should I start? Start from the uh, beginning. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, <laughs> wife's birthday. Uh, I was planning. On, so, go back to go forward. So, my wife turned forty this year. I wanted to have a party for her, and I wanted to get, give her a really nice gift. So, um, I was listening to an interview in Usher. I was trying to get her tickets to Usher's in Las Vegas. Couldn't get tickets, and then the resale was like crazy. We we're looking for a decent seat. It was like eight hundred, nine hundred bucks. Um, plane tickets were like. Six eight hundred, six to eight hundred bucks. I'm like, man, that's crazy. That was so I was watching the interview. He said he's going to be in Paris. I said, oh, that might be a pretty cool gift. So I looked at the prices. The price of the tickets wasn't much, and the price of the flights weren't terrible. So I was like, I might as well just go to Paris instead of going to to Las Vegas, right? So did that. Um, shout out to Chris who does our some our, our production and stuff like that, uh, and helped with us. Um, his five year anniversary was coming up, and he was like, hey. Um, my anniversary is coming up. Can like I heard you said you want to go to Paris. Like, can I like tag along on that kind of in essence? Like, that cool? He's like, I don't want to go to Paris. You're right, you know. I want to go out of the country. I haven't been out of the country before. It was cool. We go together. I said, sure, that's fine. So we did all that stuff. Um, got the tickets. Um, the flight was seven hours. Mm. Seven hours. Okay. That ain't um, terrible. Let me go back. So I tried to find flights from Atlanta. Atlanta has a straight shot, but the tickets were like crazy. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to pay that much for those tickets. So I hear it at a JFK, you can get a I say you went to New flight. York. Yes, I went to New York. So JFK apparently isn't. So if you're going to go to Europe, JFK is a great airport. If you're going to like Pacific Islands or stuff, LA is a great airport. So with the JFK, so with the JFK, we bought tickets, a round trip to JFK. From Atlanta to JFK. Then we brought round tickets from JFK to Paris. Uh, so uh, that worked out. Get to Paris. Uh, we leave here at 8 o'clock from New York. Get to Paris at 10 a.m. Paris is six hours ahead of us. Um, so got a little sleep on the plane. And it's crazy because um, 
back in the day they used to give you like meals on the plane. They don't do that anymore. Or now, if you do like an international flight, a long flight, you've been international before, so you probably mm-hmm. probably happened to you. Um, uh, and I had never been over the water like as far as that. Well, you went to Asia, right? Mm-hmm. And Spain. Spain. You've been a, a way more places. Yeah, yeah. So you went to Europe before. Um, so it was my first experience going to Europe. They gave us multiple meals and like wine and stuff like that on the plane, mm-hmm. which was which is dope. Uh, so we get there. It's ten o'clock. Uh, we meet Chris and his wife there. Shout out to Kiana. Um, and we just hit hit Paris running. So the first night there was an R&B cruise on okay. the La Cienne River. Um, and I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like R&B cruise in like Paris. Like, what is that like? Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just say my first observation was. There's niggas in Paris. Like legit. <laughs> legit. Black people are in Paris. Like a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and not just black people, but black culture is in Paris. Okay. Like they act just like you and I, but they just speak French. <laughs> like come on, clothing, they just speak French hairstyles to these niggas. They knew every lyric to almost every RB song they played. Um, there were some white folks on the on the thing too, but my only issue was <clears throat> when it comes to R&B crews, if we're in a space where they're playing R&B music, we're going to be singing loud to the, at the top of our lungs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were singing, but they wasn't giving it what needed to be. Like, I'm not saying the girls weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, but the girls weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. Like, they weren't. If you, if you sing Can We Talk, like that's you singing that you singing it with your chest, like they weren't they weren't giving that. But it was it was cool, but they weren't giving that. Mm, um, so that was the okay. only disappointing thing. But other than that, like it was, I was like, man, like this real black people. And we real were, quick pause. Was yeah. it? Do you think they were not giving it? Was it more or less because they're more into current R and B, or was it like is nineties and R and B just not their thing? Like, what do you think it was? No, they they knew the songs. They knew they every just weren't. Oh, they just they weren't. Just, Given like we would give at a brunch, gotcha. Yeah, okay. At a, okay. At a brunch, we are. That's a part we're singing it loud as a as a mm-hmm. family. Even they sober, were singing we just up. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. They were singing it, and they were they knew every lyric, and it was nineties R&B, but also some like two thousands y sure sure R and B. But they were singing it, but they just weren't singing it how we we see. And this is why we have to acknowledge it. Black American culture. Yes, it is a thing. Yes. Right. I know we love to talk about the diaspora and where we were from. And I think we can we can give grace to that. But Black yeah. American culture is is a so to that I think that's an excellent point yeah. right there. Like same song, two different space because you can go almost anywhere in the United States. You drop, can we talk? Yeah. It's crazy, right? You went yeah. across the waters and as you said in a very black space, and they were yeah. going up, but they didn't go up. Yeah, they didn't right? go up and. Mm-hmm. So, and the other observation is like Black American. So we know that Black American culture mm-hmm. is American culture, right? In terms of oh, we sure. run American culture. So, in France, Black American culture is there, right? In terms okay. of the clothing and like it's fashion and food and um, like you just. R&B, the music, like we every uh, we, we were, it would be the Ubers or or something like that. 
restaurants we went to, they were playing black music. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not just talking. And we were going to like we went to a wine tasting um, at this predominantly white restaurant with almost all white older people in there, and they were playing the Roots and <laughs> Roots. You know what I'm saying? They were playing black. It's everywhere we went. They were playing black R&B, black hip hop. Yeah. So we we had a chokehold on pretty much almost every facet of the culture in a whole nother country. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so to me, it was that. the fact that like black people are black people everywhere, but black American culture had a chokehold on a, a whole nother country. Like mm-hmm. graffiti, which is a part of hip hop culture or, or wall art, as you may call it, was there. Like it yeah. looked like New York in a whole nother country. So it was like mm. our culture and our history, you can see throughout Paris. Sure. And throughout places we, we drove through in that metropolitan area uh, surrounding Paris. So I was like, it was just to me, it was just kind of like, oh, snap. Like, like you, it, you knew you were in France, but it kind of felt like you were in the United States because it just had so much black American culture. So what was the what was the language barrier, if any? What, did were most of the people just speaking English because it's very tourist centric, or <clears throat> were there some spaces no. where they was just like, huh? Yeah. So so um, <clears throat> if you do go to France, one of the main things you probably should do is learn some like greetings and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Uh, so bonjour is like good morning, bonsoir is good night, uh, pardon is like excuse me, uh, merci is thank you, mm-hmm. right? If you learn, probably for probably it, it reminds me of the episode of a different world when uh Charmaine is you know she's so but she couldn't get her friends, yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Well, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> so, so the thing, so gotcha, so, yeah. and, so that's the thing. So, the thing is, if you go to any place, you should, and we're gonna talk about Americans being American, and because that was a terrible thing too, going seeing mm. Americans being American in France, thinking like as if like. Like you should be speaking. Like, no, so you go to the place. You 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 greet them. Say bonjour. That's your mm-hmm. language. And then you would say parlez-vous anglais. And they may say yes or no. They may say yes. I speak English. So you kind of develop what that is, right? Um, so in a lot of the places, they spoke some level of English, right? Got you. There were some places where, nah, they didn't know. They knew a couple words here and there, but for the most part, mm-hmm. it was just tough. So what you have the to way do we know Google. other languages, a couple of words, <laughs> yeah, like the yeah, way we know Spanish. You know what I'm saying? Like a couple of words, things of that nature. Um, uh, but it also it's weird because it showed me, like you know, <laughs> not being a part of your culture, how how tough it was to not be understood was mm-hmm. tough. You know what I'm saying? But then also when somebody understood you, how much of a relief it was to be like, oh, you understand me. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that was like in a greater scheme of things of being a black person. And I'm always, always, that's always mm-hmm. going to be black. Is being in a space where you're oftentimes saying things and you you know what you're saying. And the people that are that you're talking to just can't understand what you're saying. And then finally, you hear somebody speak your language like, oh, whew, it's a relief. And that's how being black in America is all the time. It's like Oof. we're talking all the time. Community, yeah, representation yes. is important. Community. Mm-hmm. And then so you hear somebody speaking, and it's just like, oh, oof, finally. Like, 
So let me tell you how I was in, in Barcelona. I was old school. Yeah. This is before we had the internet on our phone. I had that mm-hmm. translator book. I was like, yeah. uh, uh, como se dice, <laughs> uh, 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 this. <laughs> that, that's how I found out when I ate a horse burger. Oh, my God. <laughs> my that, meat, that meat tasted funny. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, what is it? And when and when my host family went and grabbed they book, I said, "Oh, it's about to be something." Oh, <laughs> he started flipping. He said, "In your language, you call it horse." I said, "Can I be excused?" <laughs> <From the table? laughs> so no, I totally get it because you will find your you could. <laughs> it's easy to find yourself in spaces, probably yeah. about to experience or do something that you have no idea what's really going on yeah. until you ask the question, right? And um. Mm-hmm. So no, 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 yes, definitely something that I wanted to know what that language barrier was because I do know, like yeah. in America, there's a lot, there's quite, there's probably millions of people in America who are multilingual, yeah. right? But overall, we do a very poor job. Like you said, in France, I'm sure if you go to most countries, especially in Europe, you go to most countries mm-hmm. over there. There are so, and even like I don't even say the continent of Africa, a lot of them are required to not just take English as a subject, but really learn yeah. the language yeah. where they can at least communicate on a basic level. We be in mm-hmm. spaces and be like, what? Like, huh? I, I can spend it. I can give you my numbers. I yeah. can give you. So I can ask you. You know, did you go to the library? Mm-hmm. Where you from? From? Yeah. I can ask you about a fish or a chicken. Um, but that's about it. You know what I'm saying? You start right. to really get into the conversation. Start moving real fast, and then don't go mm-hmm. to Asia. Oh yeah, no, baby. I'm lost. When I was in Malaysia, they were speaking Chinese. I was like, you might as well be cussing me out right now because I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so I right. love that though. I love that you brought that up because it just really speaks to one. I think the comparison of being black in America and being misunderstood in your own space and yeah. finally having like that sense of relief doesn't leave no matter where you go. Yeah. Right. You yeah. want to be understood in some way. <clears throat> um, and even speaking about the diaspora earlier, I know there are some places outside of the United States where they don't, they, they don't even respect <clears throat> us. Right. Yeah. As black Americans, because they, you know, we're not authentic or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Or they don't want to, they don't want to be called black. They want to be reference more so with their ethnicity than their race. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And then I think the other thing is just speaks to the disparity um, in terms of America's supposed to be this melting pot, but we yeah. have a very um, global North Eurocentric, I mean, we were colonized, right? Yeah. Mindset yeah. that we own this and we shouldn't have to learn Spanish mm-hmm. or we shouldn't have to you yeah. know, learn French or Japanese or Chinese, no, no matter right. how many other people are are migrating to the states, right? We feel like we're right. forcing our language upon, and in some ways, it is our like native language. But in other ways, if we're going to be inclusive in that way or consider ourselves this space welcoming for all, then we should be more open. Mm-hmm. And I like I like the fact that um, it seems as if, right? Yeah, my experience anyway that in other countries that they are much more willing to one learn the language mm-hmm. or adapt in ways to make you feel comfortable. Um, with their with their language, so yeah, yeah, and we had a, we had an interesting um, <coughs> moment when um, <coughs> we went to a, a speakeasy, mm-hmm. which was dope because it was like a taco taco shop. But behind, we walked through the door; it was like a whole bar, like a legit speakeasy. And the dude mm-hmm. at the door was basically some was a white lady from white girl from Wisconsin, and I think as a, a well, Latina, she, she was white, white, yeah, yeah. And as a Latina lady, I don't know if she was from Mexico, but she was Mexican, but she spoke predominantly. Spanish and English. Okay. So they get through the door and they're they come to the guy and they start speaking in English. He's like, he starts speaking to back to them in French. He understands English, but he speaks to them in mm-hmm. French. And he's like, like, you Americans, y'all come over here and y'all just 
act like y'all just own the place. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You said, but if I go to if I go to America, y'all will be the first one saying like, you just speak English. We're in America. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where y'all wouldn't be as hospitable. Um, then he went on a whole tirade about how, and he was he was true. He was right. How Americans think that they the greatest place on earth, but y'all always killing each other and killing people in the world, <laughs> and y'all just y'all blaming on democracy. But y'all think y'all did y'all act like y'all just you know the 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 peacekeepers in the world, but y'all kill the most people in the world, and y'all don't like black people. He was going on the whole thing. Read I us, said, read us for filth. I, I said, do it. I said, I, I said, amen. Because he was telling it. the truth. He was like, you know, but but he basically was telling them. He said, if you go to, he was trying to explain to them, you, if you're in France, like it's just polite to at least try, yeah, to to immerse yourself in the culture. So if you come somewhere. And you may not even know France. He said, learn a few things like, again, bonjour or bon, bonjour is good morning. Bonjour, we like good night. It's like a, a greeting at night. Mm-hmm. And then ask, do you know English? Right? Like, that's what he was trying to get them to know. And they kept not doing what he was saying to do. So they kept being like these Americans, like, okay, well, can we get inside? Like, he was like, so then Lauren, who know who took French for a while, so she knew what she was saying, was kind of tell the girls, like, this is what he's saying. Like, Try to respect the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but uh, but it was really also there were so many moments where there was Americans there who were just being America. The ethnocentricity, uh, and for those that don't know, basically is you feeling that your your culture is is better or superior than another culture. Mm-hmm. You had whole folks in France acting as if America is just a better country. And I'm gonna talk about that while I'm here. Um. For those that be loud and proud and just be like, oh, America, the greatest place in the world. Like, it ain't. y'all probably haven't been anywhere. Because I was in France, I was in Paris for like a week and I was like, this place is dope. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it gave New Orleans, it gave New York, but you didn't feel like racism. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, mm. you didn't feel discrimination, mm. right? You know what I'm saying? If the discrimination was there, it was more so the fact of like, oh, you're an American. You know, it was that kind of stuff. You heard our music. You didn't feel any off vibes. You know what I'm saying? It was it was that the food was was top tier. Um, the weather was amazing. Um, the transit system was great. Like, so people that just straight up be like, oh, America's the greatest place in the world. Like most of the people that say that loud and proud have probably never left their city, their state, have never really experienced the world. I was thinking to myself, I said, I was Googling, how much does it cost to like own a, a spot in France? And we, <laughs> as, and we as friends, hey. we go visit, you know what I'm saying, and spend like a week or a month or two. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Like, because it was a dope place. Like, nigga, yeah. they, was out, they was outside. We think we outside in Atlanta. Like, it was 2 o'clock, 2.30, going on 3. And people are just showing up to spots. Like, out. Um, we went to places where people were just outside eating, uh, not eating, outside just drinking and having conversations. Like the 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 level of fellowship and and camaraderie that was that was shown in in Paris was like, oh, this is this is this is dope. Like I feel like anybody who is a younger person, I feel like I would highly recommend uh, definitely going to France, going to Paris, checking it out. I feel like you would really enjoy it. I'm I'm already in my mind going back. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a done deal. It's just finding mm-hmm. out when to go. Uh, I feel like if you know, if anything, me, you and Chris should go. Like just on some on some friend stuff, just to enjoy 
enjoy. I feel like you would enjoy the fashion, the the food, all of it was top tier. Um, and the nightlife was was dope. Like I think it was great. Listen, you said the right there, the fashion. Give me give me a Gucci man bag because I'll wear it. <laughs> and and on, let me say it on top of that, like everybody was just cool as everybody was just fresh to death. Like, and it wasn't even on some like because you know how Andre 3000 just puts on stuff and then they could just fresh to death. Mm-hmm. Right? People in France and Paris were just fresh to death. Like, mm-hmm. and then you could tell it wasn't even on some like I'm trying to like. It was just funny, y'all hoes. I can I'm just dressing. Because it's like the now that's the fashion capital of the world. Y- yes, nigga. And when I saw it, I was like, I, I see. And I came back, I was like, y'all can't tell me. I've been to France. Like, y'all can't tell me nothing. Like, I'm just gonna start throwing stuff on what makes me feel good and be like, oh, that works. <laughs> this, this is it. This yeah, is I re- it. I remember when I've been across the waters before, even going mm-hmm. into like their HM, mm-hmm. the offerings are so different than ours. And I like they're they're slim fit or European cut, but like we get a European cut, it's already cut that way, and it's 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 tailored already almost. It's they have like the weight. It's just di- it's different. They offer it's different things. Different and it's yeah. Different. So yeah, bro, I can't yeah I can't wait to get back across to Europe. And yeah, some, we went to H and M. Shopping, H&M, immersing like myself in culture. Yeah, we went to H and M. Like you said, the clothing selection is much better. Nick, we went to Nike. Mm-hmm. We went to Nike. Hmm. It was like a high. Imagine like Gucci with like a Nike swoosh on it. Mm. Like even the Nike athleisure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dress down wear was just mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. tier mm-hmm. fashion. Like you could put it on a runway. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like when people be like, "Oh, America's just better." Like, like I've had better food in France than in America. They didn't have something. They don't have like hot wings. Like they didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But in terms of like the food I was eating, I was like, "Oh, this is this is good." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The fashion was better. Like it was it was just it was just it was just dope. Um, Did you eat some caviar? We didn't get in caviar. We didn't get get in caviar, and we didn't get Did any get escargot. Some- did you get some French fries? Did you get French fries? Nigga, they have French fries. <laughs> French fries on every menu. <laughs> French fries, because then also too is they understand like tourism, right? So they had French mm-hmm. fries, burgers on every menu you could think of for the most part. Sure. Um, another thing is portion size. Like one, of the food wasn't expensive at all, um, mm-hmm. and then the portion sizes were perfect. They didn't give us too much food, so it was a situation mm. like to where to go boxes aren't a thing, like. You eat. This is why they're probably and, not the most obese country in the world. And and that's another thing I saw too, bro. Like I didn't see not one fat person. I'm I'm not even I'm not even holding you, bro. I ain't seen not one fat person. And another thing is like there's a lot of walking. Everybody's walking. We I've walked mm-hmm. every day at least six miles at minimum every day because mm-hmm. you're just walking. You're walking and walking. People riding bikes. Um it's more of an active country. That's what I'm saying. Like people, again, you can't be like America, the greatest country on, on earth, and you, you're seeing just people more active, people uh, more fellowship and family. And niggas is walking down the street eating baguettes like bread. Like they have rules. It's against the it's against the law to throw food away. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. They have shelf life limits on food. To where it's like, if it's after an, an if you for instance, like a, a piece of pastry or whatever. If it's over an hour old, you can't sell it at full price. It's it's a law that you gotta you gotta mark it down, or you gotta give it away to somebody. You can't sell inferior products and stuff like that. Like it's just the food is is pure. Like you can't like 
they don't have hormones and stuff like that. And a lot of the food that yeah. would be in the U.S. is illegal in France. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't see the you didn't see the fat people. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like there was a whole <laughs> bunch of gyms around. I saw like maybe two gyms. You know what I mean? Like, where in America we have gyms everywhere. Yeah, and niggas just fat. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not, I'm not throwing off on the U.S., but it's the fact of like again, I feel like oftentimes when when people just haven't been anywhere. You haven't been exposed mm-hmm. to anything. Oftentimes, you're like, "Oh, this is this is great." But you, as a person, you've been to Spain, you've been out of the country, you've been to Malaysia, you've been to other places, parts of the world. So you can you have a different mindset on what you know possibilities and what life yeah. can be, yeah, and and potential flaws. But oftentimes, the people who say America is the great and this is not, oftentimes they just this is all they know. Yeah, and America is what there's America no possibility. Is. It is. And that's just it kinda, is. Yeah, it's just it is what it is, right? America it is what it is. It's really America is a mediocre white man. And most it, it mediocre is. white men thinks think they're really great. And I say yes. it often, there's nothing more dangerous than a mediocre white man who thinks they're great. Because <laughs> they cause so much harm. And they're, they're they're insecure. They're it, right. you know, they be loud and wrong <laughs> a lot. It's just you know <laughs> and the thing and the thing about America, America calls itself great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think the world is out there saying, oh, America, the greatest country in the world. Granted, it's a land of opportunity. People feel it's a land of opportunity. Yeah. But I don't think people are saying America is the greatest country in the world. We're the ones who keep saying we're the greatest country in the world. We're the loudest <clears throat> country in the world. Yes. I think we're right. loud. Um, and oftentimes yeah. loud c- can seem like the best, right? Because, for example, when I was in Spain, their context of America, because we were we went to Barcelona, but we stayed in a village called Castellon. Mm-hmm. And because it's a smaller village, you know, it's like a little suburb, right? And this, I'm talking about yeah. like landed in Barcelona, drove an hour and a half, do some mountains. To oh, get okay, yes, yeah, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, their concept of us was the Simpsons and Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what their they con- thought. Like they they didn't know he they were honest. Like we didn't know what to expect from you. They said on top of yeah. the fact, it was like, just be honest, and you were, we found out we were getting a, a black teenager. We didn't yeah. know what to expect. <laughs> they, didn't know what, they thought I was going to be like Cleveland, probably. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because that, yeah, because yeah. that was their only context. They, don't, they, didn't, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't do a whole lot of research on like, you know, I mean, they saw the celebrities or whatever, but they went deeply yeah. researching just black culture, American culture. It's like, yeah. this no. is what they show us. This is what American, that's what they say American life is like. Right, I'm yeah. like I said. I'm gonna tell you. I'm tell you, I ain't gonna hold y'all. There's quite a bit of America that is like the Simpsons of Family Guy. <laughs> I said, yeah. but that does not tell the whole, that does not tell the whole story. So, yeah. Um, yep. So to that point, yeah, like I think we see ourselves much better than the rest of the world sees us. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. And I think being an American, right, mm-hmm. there are some benefits, right, to, yeah. to being here, right. So you say a land of opportunity. All these different, even being a black man in America and facing all the systemic stuff that we face, right? I can still say that there are some, there are some spaces, right, yeah. within the United States that um, are good, are cool, are yeah, yeah, you know, opportunistic. All this is ideal, um, but it's not, I don't. But I, to your point, as you just experienced, it's not to say that we couldn't go to Canada, France, England, go back, go back to the continent in any one yeah. of those amazing countries and not thrive and do well. <laughs> Somewhere else. Without a doubt. Yeah. And that's the thing, because yeah. we have a lot of Africans that are in these countries. And on top of that, I understand now being in Paris, why a lot of our Harlem Renaissance intellectuals they spent time in Paris, right? Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. why a lot of our um military servicemen, right, during World War II are oftentimes black 
servicemen decided mm-hmm. not to come back to the U.S. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're, you're not treated unfairly. You're not. There's no segregation. There's no you know none of that stuff yeah. here. And they say I'm gonna stay here, get my roots. You know what I'm saying? And and just live here. Um, so I Talk understand. About Tina Turner. She didn't go to Paris, but she went to was Switzerland. Yeah, and said, lived the rest of her life was like I ain't come. I ain't. I ain't never got to come back. Right. And, Elba. And I, <laughs> right. And I, and I can I can see if if it was a situation where you learn the language and you had your family was nearby, right? Um, I can see how people would be like, you know what? I can move over here. You could you can survive you can thrive in another country. And I feel like and yeah. especially Paris. Because yeah. Paris is, and also Paris is is a it's a universal country, a universal city. So it's like New York. It's mm-hmm. it's your major city. It has Wi-Fi. It has tr- public transportation. It's it's touristy. You know what I mean? It has all those things. Um, so uh, last thing, since you know we, we don't want to belabor this point, um, we had a great time. Food was amazing. Did some walking tours. Um, the culmination of the last night we were there. Usher uh, had the residency, and um, call him. I'm just gonna say this: H E R. Man of God, man of God. That nigga puts on a show. You mm-hmm. could tell he's been in the business 30 years. Yeah. He puts on a show. Yeah. Um, and it was an hour and a half. And it was as if like, and mind you, he didn't go through a lot of the songs. Yeah, not an he'll hour and a half. Like, yeah, he'll give you he 15, <laughs> 15 seconds, 10 seconds of a song. He may even reference a song here and there. Mm-hmm. But, oh. Like, I I would recommend every single person if if you can't make it to Vegas. I think they added some more shows to the Vegas residency. Yeah, I think so. But if you if you can't make it to the Vegas residency, I would say go see him on tour. I'm thinking about going to go see him on tour because I feel like it's gonna be a full, full show of Usher. Had the live band. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Killed it. He had um he gave us Atlanta culture with mm-hmm. skating and strip clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had, club. had some amazing strippers like and that's not saying that on some like you know lustful but like them strippers were like stripping like pole dancing is is an art like it is an art uh twerking is an art like booty clapping like all that stuff is an art and he gave us atlanta culture in paris like he gave us everything we needed mm-hmm. um he did a thing like i i would i would go see him again in a heartbeat um and it was cool because it was in Paris, but there was more Americans. Americans outnumbered everybody else. Mm-hmm. And when I went back, going back to the original point of like black culture has a chokehold on like on world culture. Mm-hmm. The DJ, you know, like you go to concerts, people that aren't aware I've been to concerts before. Usually, at most concerts, there's a DJ playing songs to keep yep. the crowd in, engaged. His DJ was from Atlanta. Mm. Okay. And he was playing all American music, but he was doing stuff like saying, "Like, hey, if you're from France, make some noise." So some people make some noise, so you can kind of point out like who's from where. So all right, and then he would say, "Well, who's from who, you from the United States? Make some noise." So that was the loudest. And he said, "You from other anywhere other than France or the United States? Make some noise." So there's a, a nice delegation of folks who weren't from U.S. or or France, and I'm telling you, they knew every word to every song from 50 cent to mary j blige to beyonce they knew every beyonce had everybody going up i'm gonna say that the woman of god rules the world she rules the freaking world if Um, i rule the world 
Right. Mm-hmm. They knew Nas. They knew nigga old hip hop <laughs> songs. They knew everything. Like, and it was just a it was just a vibe, man. Like we talk about melting pot and diversity. That concert kind of just showed people from literally all over the world vibing out to black culture. So if anything, going to France gave me a renewed, you know, I'm already black and proud. We all already know that. It goes without saying. Say but it, it loud. gave me a sense of renewed, a renewed pride in being black. Um, not in America, but just being black in the black American, but in the world. So although, mm. you know, we like we say it all the time, I'd rather be black with all the issues and the oppression and the all that stuff than be anything else. I'd rather be black American than anything in the world because I feel like you we go I've the place I've gone to where I've been to Turks and Caicos and the Bahamas and all that kind of stuff, black culture is always the reference. Mm-hmm. Always the reference, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And that was just an amazing mm-hmm. thing, an amazing moment. So that was my overall take on being a nigga in Paris. Going to the Apple Tower was cool, all that stuff, going to all the different places. The coolest thing was knowing how dope it is to be a black American. Like, we, we're the freaking prototype. We're the culture, man. And that was the dopest thing to me. Ooh, that's my song. I wish that you're the one. That's, but I love that. I love to hear mm-hmm. that, man. I'm glad y'all had an amazing time. Um, never been to Paris. It's on my list. Did, didn't Rance Allen have a song, If I Never Get to Paris? <laughs> if, I, if I Never Get to London? Um, and I, I want to get to Paris. I had a song, too. Your pastor said, "If I never get to Paris, or, or I don't get to Rome to see the ancient ruins or something like that." But go. yeah, God rescue me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but listen, mm-hmm. the thing about it is, man, I got my pastor. This has been to those places. Um, so that, Hello. that was that was a lyric before that money hit. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, but no, super excited to hear that, man. Glad y'all had an amazing time. Um, can't wait to do something like that where uh, Ash and I are in the mix mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, man. Glad y'all yeah. back too. Glad y'all yeah. safe. It was it definitely missed you all. Uh, that was that was the hardest part, um, but it was it was a good time. Good, good time. time, and that's what matters. That's what matters. Love to hear that. Niggas in Paris became a reality. Did y'all? Yeah. Let me ask you. Did you play the song at least once during the trip? Did I anybody did, play the song? I was did it in the club it. or somewhere in one of the restaurants y'all went to? They played it at Usher's concert. The DJ okay, played it at Usher's okay, concert. And okay, because I'm like, you can't be colored in Paris and not play. You can't yeah. have it. You can't not be provocative, right? You can't Listen, not get the people going. Keep going. Dance <laughs> right. we, we skipped one song, one song only. One song only. What does that even mean? Get the people going. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so with that being said, understood and accepted, Brian, you want to head on over to the uh, Pockets of Joy. Let's talk it. about some self-care. Let's do it. Let's do it. You couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, you could never ever bring me down. Couldn't do it then. Couldn't do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking around. We're at our second called Pockets of Joy, where we talk about oh, yes. things we do to intentionally uh, bring about joy in our lives. Ooh, down down in my soul. Hey, Tamandabo. Sweet, beautiful, soul saving joy. Oh, <laughs> joy. Joy. In my soul. Are you going to the Kirkland uh, reunion? Oh, that, don't that make be me thing? sad. Don't make me sad. I'll it's... be in New York when they're in oh. Atlanta. Oh, I actually no. be on my. I actually be on my way back, but because my day ends around like four ish, mm-hmm. there's no flight that'll get me back early enough to make the concert. So what, what is it? October thirteenth. What is it? It's the twelfth that Friday is when I'm coming oh, back. Because I was yeah. coming back that thirteenth, like early that morning, 
And my sister and my niece and nephew were supposed to be coming for their fall break, so I moved my flight to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter how early, I can only move it so early because my day doesn't end until four. Mm-hmm. And so all the flights that will give me enough time to get to the airport, nav- you know, all mm-hmm. that navigate New yeah. York. Because last time I left New York, it took me an hour and 20 minutes just to get to the airport because yeah. of their traffic. Yeah. So the early I'm leaving at nine thirty, but the earliest I could have left was like seven twenty, and the customer starts at eight. So yeah. Anyway, so now I'm I'm not I'm thinking about I don't even want to say this out loud. They're going to be in Nashville the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. That's one of their last stops, last few stops. I'm thinking about going to Nashville, hitting the show, and then. Cause we going to Memphis anyway, and just keep it going mm-hmm. Wednesday morning and go to Got it. But but I actually okay. I'm conflicted because I haven't been home in a while, and I actually mm-hmm. want to spend a nice amount of time. So that'll be taking a day because we were leaving Tuesday anyway, <laughs> so it's kind of taking a day out of our trip. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I I likely miss yeah. it, and I've been seeing clips. And I'm gonna tell y'all this: people give me a hard time for being such a fan of Maddie's girls. Y'all know I love Kurt, but 98 mm-hmm. percent of the clips I've been seeing. <laughs> Have been from Maddie's girls, and this is from the reunion tour official page, not yeah, just yeah. the closest page. Them women are showing y'all this at sixty plus years old. They are still giving you this work, and yeah, and they're singing with like Karen. I don't want to say this because it might not be true. I feel yeah. like the woman of God may have got some nodules taken off from vocal cords because <laughs> she's singing in a way on this tour that I ain't heard mm-hmm. her sing in a while, Reverend. <laughs> I mean, she ain't never lost it, but you can tell her voice was aging a little bit. Bro, she's hitting yeah. notes like, finally, Karen. Like, she's mm-hmm. killing. And I'm just like, girl, where did this come? Where did this renewed energy come from? Like, woo. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm going to miss it. Um, but in terms of Pockets of Joy, staying there, um, it is homecoming season. I am wrapping up my last trips for the year. So, I'm actually really excited about that. I'll be in New York next week, but. I'm glad that I only got three more trips left. New York, I'll be in Raleigh, and then ended in Austin for Afrotech. Um, mm-hmm. Your girl is going to be at Afrotech. Who? Issa Rae. Issa? Oh, yes. She's, she gonna, she's the main speaker. When I tell you mm-hmm. I'm trying to finesse to get that interview, Reverend, that in-person interview, get that interview. please get that interview. I'm trying. I'm please trying. She's, well, she, she's speaking on the Women's Summit stage. So I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised if they get assigned to one of our women writers. Um, yeah. But I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. But anyway, so that's what I'm doing, though, bro. I'm just preparing for the holidays. You know, I started listening to Christmas music officially October 1st. So I've been, oh, okay. I cranked up some of my playlists. I've been deep in there. Um, me and Jackie Rogers have been trading Christmas memes and videos with each other. <laughs> We've been going there. Our DMs are lit with just all holiday, <laughs> all things holiday. Um, so that's just what I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting into that spirit. Yeah. It's yeah. what I'm doing for joy. Yeah. I'm just really <clears> tapping into it. I'm about to start my Christmas shopping early. I want to be one of those guys yeah. this year. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. How about you? Uh, similar. I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, my daughter, y'all, Prepper Brooklyn, she loves Halloween. I don't know if it's because her birthday is in October and a lot of the festivities surrounding it. Um, mm. So we're praying for her. She likes <laughs> Halloween and spooky stuff and you know, we just, she I, yes, so pray for her, but um, so we're, we're working on that, getting her through her birthday. <laughs> Uh, stuff like that, but November first, I'm I'm doing I'm I'm probably gonna do Christmas stuff starting November first, which you know me, that's yeah. really nothing I don't really do, but I'm probably putting the tree up. I, I want to decorate the house. I'm trying to find out some find some people maybe to put some lights up for us or mm. be be real decorative this year. Um, I might put one deer and, in my yard. Oh, okay, that works. Just the, the light deer or the or the okay, <laughs> yeah, a lighted deer. Just Rudolph. I ain't got oh, time to do all the extra stuff. 
And this is this not your first year in your house on Christmas. This is the mm, this will be your second year. Oh, we said yeah, okay. we celebrated year one, October first. We moved in October first last year. Okay. Oh yeah. So you had a uh, Christmas in your home last year. All right. So, <clears throat> but did you did you put the lights up last year or no? I had two in Christmas outside. trees, but no outside okay. stuff. No. <clears throat> yeah, we haven't had we had lights, but they weren't really like decorative. So uh, I'm gonna figure that out. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm immersing myself into all this spirit. Like I said, shout out to my daughter Brooklyn for kind of you know changing my heart and stuff like that. So um, looking forward to that. The year's almost over, ladies and gentlemen. Like we are in October. The year's almost over. So this year quarter. Gets- I want to say because I've traveled so much, it felt yeah. like it moved faster. Because every time I I've, I've been gone, at least I know since August, almost every two weeks. And yeah. it seemed yeah. like that made it speed up. And I'm because I'm thinking like next week I'll be in, like I said, New York. And after that, bro, it'll be like we'll be halfway through this month. Yeah. And then after that, I'll be Afrotech, and then that'll be over. But then we'll be going mm-hmm. then like a week or two later, we'll be in Thanksgiving. And then 30 yeah. days after Thanksgiving is Christmas. Yeah. And then J5. And then we just yeah. moving along. It, moving just, along. The, when you're when you have things going on, like your life just goes by so quickly. I think yeah. in Houston. Mid this month, at the end of the month, it might be in Chicago. And I think we'll be in Houston again mid next month. So it's just a, or not necessarily Houston, sorry, but Texas. It's just stuff like that. Like we have in these lives, it's, it's crazy. But you know, we mm-hmm. actually said it. Booked and busy is a thing. Uh, so shouts out to that. Oh, shout out to you uh, interviewing uh, two trains. Shout out to me interviewing Titty Boy. Yeah, it was such a great. He's such a uh, so down to earth man. He knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the exclusive for his new album. It's going to be a collab album with him and Lil Wayne. So be on the lookout for that. Oh, oh, you heard it here. A collab he, album with Lil Wayne. Wow. He said it on. He said it on record. So I can say it. Okay. <laughs> it's a collab album with Lil Wayne. So um, uh, interested to see what that's going to be like. So yeah. Titty boy and Tunji. All right. Uh, Titty boy and Tunji. <clears throat> that's it. So um, I guess what's next? The peel box. Yeah. Think we got something in there, do we? Yeah, let me see if we got something real quick. Um, we sure do. Let's do it. All right, let's get into it. All right. All right, blessings, black people. We are at the post office box, one of our favorite segments. And Rodney Jenkins did what he always does and bring us our letter on time. But before we get into all of that, we want to let you know that you too can be featured on the Jigsaw podcast by writing in to ask the Jigsaw. That's ASK, the Jigsaw at gmail.com. We'll do a few things. We will reach a letter out loud if we like it. We're going to give you a pseudonym because we respect your pronouns and your privacy. And then we're going to give you the best non professional therapeutic advice that you can receive on Cicely Tyson's internet. So, with that being said, understood and accepted, Brian. Ryan, who do we have and what do they want? Okay, so we have an update. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I don't remember what the mm-hmm. name we gave this person. Uh, but this is the one regarding the uh, situationship undergrad. Now the, oh, the friend is dating. I remember <clears throat> that. Let's just call him Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow. All right. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's read through this. We got a long update. So, uh, remember the story of my friend meeting the girl online, and I was in a situation with her in grad school? Well, brothers, put your seatbelts on. So, here's an update. Side all note, right. I made my friends listen to the letter after it all went down to hear your perspectives. So, they are waiting on this update. <laughs> Mighty God. So, um, I made the decision to tell my homie. I could not let her come here and try to navigate all that awkwardness. Okay, so just to recap, uh, 
friend was dating this girl met online other mm-hmm. friend smashed her in the past she, now they're coming to do a friend's thing together uh, and they don't want to be awkward so he's de- debating on if they should tell the friend or not or keep it secret uh, mm-hmm. so my friend was taken aback and asked many invasive questions similar to what would be about any new partner but it was different this time because we were both involved with her shout out to same girl r kelly usher uh, <laughs> is getting serious with the two with them two after a long after a long conversation we came to the conclusion that we would still that he would still pursue her but he wanted to be the one to talk to her and break it to the group before she got here um i agreed and moved on fast forward to the next day my girlfriend hits me with the let's talk dang usually this puts me on edge but this time i was not i was not because i was going to talk to her next Little did I know, she overheard my conversation with my friend about everything and blew up on me. She was mad that I talked to him first and not her. Our argument got kind of bad and made some of our friends pick a side or who was right in terms of who I should have talked to first. We are now in a good place and the entire friend group knows. The former situation ship is visiting this weekend and with all the ups and downs of emotions and opinions, I don't know how this thing is going to go down or how this is going to go down. One, do you think I was wrong for talking to my friend first? Two, is there any way this situation can be less awkward once she arrives and meets all of us? Also, don't worry. There will be a part three. Love the show <laughs> and can't wait to hear your feedback, Carl Winslow. All right, I'm going to re- recap the questions. Do you think I was wrong for talking to my friend first? Uh, and is there any way this situation could be less awkward uh, when she arrives and meets us all? You want to go first? Or want me to go first? You can go first. Um, to and answer I feel like number two, have first, a similar answer. It's it's not gonna be less awkward. It, it's it's gonna be awkward. Nope. But the the thing about black people, we gonna make a joke about it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be these inside jokes. They're gonna be conversations. <clears throat> it's gonna it's gonna end up being less awkward. It's gonna be awkward. But the only way it could probably be less awkward is kind of by just addressing it comedically or whatever. Like, I feel like we gonna, like black people do all the time, we make light of serious situations to be able to cope with the awkwardness or the strange feelings surrounding it. That's the only way I can think you can make it less awkward, but it's going to be awkward regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, Any interaction, it's going to be awkward. Like, do you hug this girl? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) When you see her for the first, like, you know what I'm saying? Like all those weird things. Are you going to act like you don't know him? Like, you know, so all the kind of weird stuff is going to happen. Your girl going to be on edge. It's going to be weird. Um, the second or first question, do you think I was wrong for talking to my friend first? Not necessarily, man. Like, let me say I say this. There's an old saying they used to say bros before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's not your wife. That's your girlfriend. And this is your friend you've known well before your girlfriend. <clears throat> and this is really more so affecting his life than necessarily her life. You know what I mean? Because that's somebody he... So, in essence... You talk to your friend and he says, oh, let me talk to her. Or he says, I can't do this anymore. I won't break it off. Then she doesn't even come around to begin with. So there's really no reason to have a conversation with your girl because your friend might have broken her off with the girl because he's like, I can't do this. And then she never would have came to visit, which means that you never would have. It never would have been a thing. Right. So in my opinion, I feel like you talking to your friend first wasn't wasn't a problem. I feel like mm-hmm. if depending on the. The conversation with your girl to me is predicated on how your friend responded to the situation. 
that's just yeah. my two cents to the situation, and I can let you uh, elaborate. No, I agree. I'll, I'll do the exact same order. I don't know that it's not going to be awkward. Um, I think your girl is going to be on edge because women, I think, are different. I think men and women would be different if we were in the room knowingly that someone slept with our partner. Yeah. Like, if we just yeah. knew. And you yeah. said it was a situation ship. I'm recalling stuff from your previous letter. Like, situation ship means that y'all were smashing consistently, right? But you, I think you mm-hmm. said y'all never got... Yeah, I never got deep into like a relationship. So, um, but at the same time, I think we all also know that our most of our partners come with the past. If they weren't virgins, they come yeah. with the past, right? I don't think yeah. we ever expect that past to walk up in our face outside of like a we just mentioned homecoming situation or something. But even then, it's like a hi and bye, hey, how you doing, and not really entering the friend group. And if it does, mm-hmm. you know, that's I ain't gonna say it's rare, but it's not it's not a common occurrence. Yeah. So with that being said, like Brian said, <laughs> I think your biggest thing that you're going to navigate are your is your girlfriend and the other women in the group. Yeah. Right. And I think your other friend who's dating her is going to have to really be the leader of this. I, I don't think responsibility is on you. I think yeah. it's the one who's dating her. Like your responsibility mm-hmm. really is only to your girlfriend. And yep. it's only so much you can do because she's going to be insecure and all over the place. You can't really control that. Only thing you can do is assure her that. Yeah. That's that's old. Like it's just old, right? And it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy that she's coming back into my life, but it's old. It is on your friend though to help him navigate the rest of the people, particularly the women who's gonna be on your girlfriend's side. Yep. Be like, we don't need that energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's what it's gonna be. And what if they get real serious when they become dating? Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, married. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that's your friend group. I would hate for a friend group to dissolve because of something that happened years and years ago. So yeah. to Brian's point. It's almost one of them things to where like y'all need to have probably one more pre conversation, and then and then he needs to have a conversation with her when she come. Don't you come in here on edge? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I think everybody need to come with a level head. Yeah, acknowledging that there will be some awkwardness, but like Brian said, make some jokes about it. Blah blah blah. Don't mm-hmm. make any inappropriate jokes because that can spark mm-hmm. fire. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. But you know, jokes that will be appropriate for the moment, and then move on and just you know meet the girl and get to know her in a genuine way. That's mm-hmm. that's my two cents for that. For the yep. first one, I agree with Brian 100. I would have talked to my friend first too. Yeah. Um, and not so much because I, I think it is true that yes, it would have been predicated on my decision to talk to you based on what he responded to. But I also think if you would have broke up with her off jump, everybody would have been asking why. Yeah. Right. So that that comes to it. He give you an honest answer. Yeah. Or he lied about it. So I think yep. from my perspective, I would have told like I would have had a conversation with you anyway. I think the mm-hmm. difference for me would have been is what the conversation would have been. Because the conversation is much different. Yep. If I said, you know, they really broke up because of me. And be like, yeah. she's going to be like, what you got to do with it? Well, I smashed back in grad school. And yeah. he was just like, I don't want that. I don't want that kind of awkwardness. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with that. And he ended it. Right? Your girlfriend can probably feel away, but it really ain't nothing she can really do. Because again, you had a past. You dated other women. You been yeah. with other women before her. Yeah. So she, she can't be mad at that. It's just... Very, 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 very ironic that your friend yeah. matched with this girl on this dating app, Yeah, you know, years and years later. So um, I think you were right by talking to your friend first, because, again, it's not affecting your relationship as right. much. The only effect that it has is that she's going to be around. But again, she wasn't your girlfriend. Y'all never got engaged. Like, you know, what I'm saying like what was there yeah. was sex. <clears throat> and we mm-hmm. and I think we have to be mature enough. To box out the fact that we've had, if you weren't a virgin when you met whoever you're with, you've had sex with other people. 
right? Yeah. And in some cases, like I said, homecoming, some stuff like you might be in a room with somebody. We ain't gotta yep. acknowledge it. We ain't gotta mm-hmm. go into no details about it, but like it can happen, right? Yeah. But his relationship, how he feels, I think is what's and even and we're <laughs> discounting the girl too, because she could also mm-hmm. be like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, this is a lot. Right, so I think yeah. their relationship is what has the most navigation around it. Yeah, and your girl need to low key kind of take a seat back, deal with her emotions. Y'all have a conversations around assurances and boundaries and whatever, whatever. But yeah, you're right because you're right. Do I hug or do I shake a hand? Do we act like, hey, how you doing? Like, cause now everybody know anyway, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's a secret. So right. I don't know, bro. Those are our two cents. If your girlfriend is listening, I'm sorry, sis. He wasn't wrong for not talking to you. Exactly. Um, you probably hovered over that conversation. Give mm. him the grace to talk to you, because he was—I believe he really was going to talk to you. So yeah. you got you got to accept that too. So anyway, looking to hear part three because I want to know what happened when she came. <laughs> so, amen to that. All right. <laughs> All right. Anything uh, else, Brian? No, that's it. That's it. That's a great conversation. Let's do it. Let me talk. Let me talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at a greater conversation where we get some things off of our chest. I say it all the time that tomorrow is not promised, so custom folks out today. So, Josh, what is something you want to get off your chest this week? Ooh, I'm going to try to make it quick, but I'm going to just try to make it quick. It's two things. One, all you people who are coming up with these pictures about Bishop Mason and the root work and all the oh. other kind of stuff that you're talking oh. about, um, we none of us were there. Right. Yeah. There have been documents that have said that Bishop Mason will walk through nature and see things that reminded him of God's handiwork. Mm-hmm. He took pictures with those things and illustrated in sermons that this reminds yeah. me of God. This looks like a hand. God's handiwork yeah. is all over nature. Right. We yep. see these things today. We understand that you no know, tree roots and things like that are used in root work, hoodoo, voodoo, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But that wasn't Bishop Mason's intent. So looking at a picture and think whatever you think about and having the knowledge that you know about voodoo mm-hmm. hoodoo root work and all that kind of stuff i can see how you can make conclusions however yeah. if we're if we are presented with historic facts and accounts yeah. from people who say this is what bishop mason said this is what whatever whatever then i choose to believe that not because i'm this super son of kojic or anything like that because i have my very loud critiques of the church of god in christ being a very yeah. active member for many many years however though just think about normal history we get our history from written accounts from um, people who were there, who wrote it down, who documented mm-hmm. it and things like that. We have some of those same documented statements. We have Bishop Mason on audio saying some of these things. So I choose to believe those written statements, those audio tapes over just a picture with very little. Looking at the picture, I would be like, whoa, this yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. But hearing context it, be like, behind it. Right. And being in contact behind and see this looks like a hand and this looks like that. And look at God and what he did and holding it up. I think you know, and, and and in part, he may not have, I don't want to get into what he may or may not have known. All I'm saying mm-hmm. is that y'all, this goes back to me and Brian's point is that y'all make the church very unattractive. Yeah. Because y'all on here arguing about all this different kind of stuff and a large part of y'all arguing ain't even connected to the church of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So even if the denomination, let's just, and I'm not saying that this is true, but even if the denomination did have some shaky founding, Right. Mm-hmm. But they got to do with you. You ain't even a part of it. 
right? Right. So that's number one. Number two, there's this video floating around of this Asian child doing like this complex math problem, thinking in his head. And then once mm-hmm. he solves the problem, it transitions to this um, all black classroom with this black teacher did the remix to Sexy Red Ski song. Yeah. If you see me, yeah. she's like, if you see me in my classroom, say what's up, Ski? And 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 they was like, and so many people said, oh my God, look at our education system, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you about how anti-black that is. Because one, yeah. you're giving two very, very drastic opposite examples of a classroom. Number two, what I see is culturally relevant education. And I also see um, student teacher participatory design methods. And what I mean by Mm -hmm. that is that a lot of students who grow up in um, low income neighborhoods, who are faced with things that we even as adults cannot imagine, they are not going to connect with you sitting and standing at a board and give them a tablet mm-hmm. that is rushing out a million numbers at them at a time. They're not going to connect with that. These kids have to sometimes figure out how they're going to eat, what clothes yeah. they're going to put on, let yeah. alone try to go through all. The- so if she found a way to connect with them where they can still learn, be engaged and get what they need to get at the end of the day, there is nothing wrong with that. At the same time, our educational systems, our governments have proven that they don't really care about the education system that way. Mm -hmm. They're defunding these places. Um, The way in which resources are allocated to local school systems is systemically racist within itself. It's based off property taxes, bro. So low-income neighborhoods are going to always have the worst schools because they have lower taxes. My home state is trying to pass a bill, Brian, to reject federal education funds because they don't want no money from Biden administration that have any implications to tell them to teach something that they disagree with. Mm. So you're already cutting funds and now you're going to reject billions of dollars from the federal government? Come on. And y'all put this stuff out there want to have real statements about that's why we lost now. Half of y'all niggas in the comments got comma splices and grammatical errors in your comments. Hello. But you want to make points about the educational system? Nigga, you have been failed by the educational right. system. Right? So <laughs> yeah. anyway, y'all are on my nerves. And the internet is just going to be the internet. But I just need yeah. to get that out and let that be what it was going to be. That's all I got, Brian. How about you? Yeah. Um, our our government is just crazy. The house of the speaker I don't know. Our, 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 our the United States is in disarray. But, you know, glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, understood and accepted. This has been another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. I want to thank you all for joining. It's always a pleasure. Um, as Brian would say, we're good with you, but I mean, we're good without you, but we're even greater yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, so we love y'all. Appreciate y'all for all the we support. Uh, Connected followers uh, on all the platforms and stuff like that. Uh, follow Josh. I am Josh Rogers. Follow me. I am Brian Hare, the Jigsaw Podcast. Um, subscribe. Let us know. Continue to engage in anything we have on this on the on the uh, on the socials. Um, and that's pretty much it. Before we head out, let the people know what they need to do. Josh, all you can do is what you can while you can in the very best ways that you can. But in all you're doing, please, 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 don't get caught with your work undone. Love y'all. See you next week. Peace.